Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. This week, we have my friend Christine McAllister joining us. Christine and I are new friends, but total kindred spirits. Even when I did my research on Christine before this episode and before our conversation, I realized, oh my gosh, we have even some of the same language across our website. And I don't look at that as competition. I look at that as two girls having a shared passion and how they leave their mark on this world, or should I say women? Christine and I both love dreamers becoming doers. We love helping people to design a life they love. And you hear us geek out on that all episode. And you hear us go deep on our shared love for personality tests. Now, I'm an Enneagram girl and she's a Myers-Briggs girl, but we help each other out. And we talk so much about this towards the end of the episode. So I think you're going to love it. So I cannot wait for you guys to meet Christine. I know you're going to love our conversation. And if you do love it, why don't you screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram stories and tag Christine and I. I know they say that every single week, but it helps spread the word about the Radiant Podcast. And that is my heart to share these conversations with more people each and every week so that their dreams can become a reality so that these conversations can serve as a little bit of mentorship and a little bit of honest conversation about how we stepped into our dreams and are pursuing our goals and how maybe you can learn from it, shortcut the distance and apply these lessons to your life. So I would so appreciate it if you share this episode and it just helps us connect with you and see who's listening. So don't forget to tag us. But without further ado, let's dive in. I can't wait for y'all to meet Christine. Hey, Christine. Hi, Kelsey. I am so excited to have you on today. We have been trying to make this conversation work for a while. Thank you for your flexibility. I'm just so excited to finally have you here on the Radiant Podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do. I can't wait for the Radiant Tribe to just get to know you today. Yes. Thank you. I am really happy to be here. And I just believe that this is the perfect time. It was supposed to happen now. Yes. I run a business called Life with Passion. And that pretty much sums up who I am and what I'm about. Uh, I have been helping high achievers to quit their jobs, replace their incomes, and grow businesses to six figure mark uh, since 2015. And before that, I was in online marketing. I ran an online marketing agency helping small businesses for a decade. And that was the job or the business <laughs> that took me out of my job because I always knew from the time that I was young that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't see the path. I believe we're trained to be really good employees in school. And I was a really good student. So therefore, I became a really good employee. I was a total nerd, total uh, teacher's pet type. And so when I got out of grad school, I had this vision for wanting to run a business, but I, I was scared, frankly. Like I was so scared. I didn't have the tools I couldn't see how to develop the tools to have my own business. So I did what we're taught to do, which is get a job. And I worked as a professor 
uh, at my alma mater, actually. I taught undergrad and graduate students. And I had studied media communication. So I had actually like made a documentary for PBS when I was in grad school. And uh, it was called Life with Passion. Hey. <laughs> and so, hey. <laughs> um, and so I had this real passion, like I know you do, for telling stories and for helping other people further develop their own stories. And just like you go from dreaming to doing, because I'm a, I'm a romantic, I'm an idealist, I'm an INFJ on the Myers-Briggs. And so I am all about that role of helping others like live their dreams. Um, and so that, that led me to side hustling as an online marketer, where I was basically telling people stories in order to help them uh, grow their businesses. Right. And I was really good at that. And I never, I never marketed my online marketing business and I was always full. (laughs) Um, but I knew as time went on, even after I quit my job and all of this, I was, I was seeking another level. I was seeking another level of, um, fulfillment. Uh, of using my gifts in the world and of income and impact. And I didn't know what that was. And I was also comfortable enough that like, I wasn't doing much about it. I was just aware of this kind of discontent. But that all changed in early 2015. I was expecting my first baby. I had already gone through some infertility and had had three early miscarriages, but this was a perfect pregnancy. And I was terrified, (laughs) but uh, I was full term and I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen with my business, but I was just kind of like, it's it's all going to work out. Um, And I went to a, a regular doctor's appointment at, 37 weeks and there was no heartbeat. And, you know, I had done what I thought was everything right in this pregnancy. And we had a birth plan and it was the whole thing. And we'd finished the baby showers and the car seat was in the car. And it was like, all right, it's time to pack a bag and wait for me to go into labor. And I wasn't even aware that this was a possibility in the remotest sense of the word. So I was completely unprepared for being told that I needed to go straight to the hospital to be induced because I had to deliver this baby, (laughs) right? It was a full term. She was a full term baby. We didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. Turns out she was a perfect, healthy looking little girl who we named Maeve, but she never took a breath in this world. And that experience uh, totally turned my life upside down and really changed changed the trajectory, changed my path completely, uh, started me on the one that has led me here four and a half years later. Wow. Well, First, I just thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. I know that we have listeners who have gone through similar experiences, and I'm just so sorry 
you had to go through that from there, how did that change your outlook on life? How did that um, make way for what came next? Because as you mentioned, you've totally evolved since then. You Like me, you started with an online marketing agency. And I, I really relate. I didn't have to grow mine at all. My and people just kept showing up in my inbox, you know, for those services. And it, it always, I always had a full roster. Um, but ultimately, I ended up pivoting as well to what I really wanted to be doing was this experience a catalyst to your pivot? A hundred percent. It was the catalyst. Um, because what happened in my mind at that point was I realized that. I was going to be defined by this experience and that as you can imagine, it was, it was going to change me, right. Irrevocably. Like I was going to be a different person than I was before. And I also realized that I had a choice in how this was going to define me. Right. Like I knew that I could lock myself in a room and become a recluse. And like, I don't really think many people would blame me for that. (laughs) It's the loss that psychologists categorize as the worst you can experience because it's so backwards. It's not supposed to happen. Right. Um, But I also knew that I, on some level, the worst thing that I could ever possibly not even imagine, but beyond that had happened. And so if I'm still sitting here living and breathing and thinking, then nothing worse can ever happen to me. (laughs) I have nothing to lose. So what am I going to do now that I don't have any fear? Right. Right. Not that I still don't have fear every day, but on some deeper level, I don't have the fear that I did, the fear of failure, the fear of criticism, the fear of, um, of what people would think of me, the fear of judgment, because frankly, like no, nobody knew what to say to me. I had to go back into my life as this person who everyone knew had been nine months pregnant and had had a baby who died. And you know, every single relationship in my life changed some for the better some for worse, some disappeared Um, in the redefining of who I was and in the redefining of how do people relate to somebody when they've been through a tragic, traumatic experience, right? So I decided with all of that information um, and with all of the emotions and the grief, I decided I was going to figure out what I was meant to do and go for it. Go for it like I had been too scared to go for it before. And so it was at that point that I hired my very first coach mentor. And I just simply related to her and wanted the results that she had. And I thought I was hiring her to help me fix my online marketing business and make it better so that I could make more money and not burn out. What I realized in the process was, uh, my zone of genius, which I'd been using in this marketing business, but not all the time. And I realized that I had this, I had this gift for helping people very quickly identify the simple strategies 
to grow their business, but also helping them like believe in themselves and overcome their self doubt and encourage them to get it out there and grow and that they could do it. And when I realized that, I thought I'm going to do more of that, especially for women, because I believe we're underserved in the entrepreneurial community. And I decided that I was going to take a stand for women who were doubting themselves, scared to quit their jobs, scared to go all in, scared to be visible, totally overwhelmed because they're spending all day searching Google, trying to figure everything out on their own for free. Right. Obviously I had been all of those people. I got it. And I was like, I, the person who is frustrated enough to do something different, I am here for that person. And so I started life with passion and I got visible in a way that I never had before. And that was real uncomfortable. And that I thought I was going to throw up doing. (laughs) And now here I am four years later, having applied, I just applied for a TEDx talk and I've written a book and I've been, you know, done all these visibility things I never would have imagined doing. And I love it. I love it. I'm serving my community, working with women all over the world who, who have a passion for what they want to do and, and need some help along the way. And it's, it's my life's work. I love that. And it resonates so much with how you chose to pivot and evolve. Like we, we were talking before this and we just jive. Um, One thing you touched on was you feel like women are underserved in the entrepreneurial community. And I think you're right in a lot of ways. And here's why I think you're right. I think you're right because the entrepreneurial community is filled with a lot of masculine energy. There are Uh still a lot of women who show up, but a lot of the times we're not going to do it as the same way as a man. So a friend of ours that we have in common is Kate Crocco. And she came into my life at a time where I really needed some balance because I'm a doer and I can go hard and I can almost operate out of masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And I needed her to show me how to slow down. Like, how was I going to run this business from a place of peace and ease and alignment? And I think we can have a balance of masculine and feminine energy. I think there's there's room for both. But if we really do want to build a thriving business and show up for our kids, if we have them or want them in the future, we might have to do it a little differently. Um, And I think that we've needed some education in the online space that caters to wanting that lifestyle. Because I'm someone who I want, I want to work the rest of my life. I love to work, but I also really want to be able to show up for my kids when I have them. And sometimes people say, well, you can't have it all. You've got to choose. And I I disagree. I want both. Like a man doesn't question whether he can have both. (laughs) And so, but how can I do that from a place of ease and peace and joy and with that feminine energy? So what do you think about that? And how do you help women in the online space? Because I think you're right. I think they are underserved in a way, which sometimes sounds weird when you look around and you see all of these female coaches, you know, what, what do you mean there and keep kind of expand. Yes, I love I love what you said and I completely agree and I have been on the same journey where I love to work, I definitely would qualify myself as a high achiever, right? The Enneagram 3 is the achiever, 
I'm like, yes, I identify, right? I love a to-do list. I would consider myself very driven. But, or and, part of my evolution in this is recognizing that I, for a long time, operated with that very driven masculine energy and it burned me out. And, and I think that one of the gifts of, of having kids for me has been learning to work more in a feminine way. And here is what I would, one of the biggest, most simple things that I could encourage you to implement in your business right now is to begin as you intend to continue. So a lot of times, and my friend told me this when I got married, she said, begin how you intend to continue, Christine. If you don't want to pick up his towel off the bathroom floor in 10 years, don't be doing it on your honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) That's such great advice. This is from someone who's been married for decades and, um, and very happily. So, so what I mean with regard to business is a lot of times we come in to our businesses and we're like, I just have to hustle my butt off until I hit six figures or until I quit my job or whatever. I have 10K months, whatever that goal is for you. I just have to hustle until I get there and then I'll relax and it'll be easy. And I think so many of us start that way. Oh yeah. Right? But what happens when we do that is we attach working in that way to having had the success that we get. And so when we hit the goal, the six figures, the whatever, there is no way on earth our brains are going to be like, oh yeah, now I can sit back and relax and let it be easy and flow, right? Because we will be terrified that we will not be able to replicate that success without the hustle and grind. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Right? So this is so fascinating to, to me because it's such, it's such a myth. It's such a prevalent myth and it's so destructive. Um, so, you know, my clients, if they come to me in a job, like 75% of those who come to me in a job will quit as a result of our work together. And one thing that I see over and over and over is like, they'll quit And like, that has been the big goal for them. So if I just hustle enough to quit, then everything will be easy. And literally like their first day working for themselves, they completely freak out and get nothing done because they, um, unless we've prepared, right. Right. They, uh, don't know how to not work all the time. And it feels really, really scary. And this thing that they thought was going to feel really good suddenly sends them into a panic and it feels really unsafe. And that's, it's so not what they were expecting. It's so counterintuitive. And so what we have to do is create, even with their limited time on the side of a nine to five, we get to create the container together that works for their personality, that works for the business model that's best for them, all of that, for them to not be working every spare minute on the side of their nine to five so that when they get out, they can actually begin to create the kind of life and the kind of freedom and the kind of feeling that they want as they grow their business as big as they want. Otherwise, they're just going to replace the feeling they had in their nine to five of hating it, of being burnt out, of all of those things that I know I experienced at the end of my online marketing business and 
you may have too. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just like being in a job. And then you might as well just go get a job. 100%. So what are some tangible steps people can take towards, towards, you know, I don't know the right word, decultivating those feeling feelings? Like, you know, I think we all get there. Um, I think hustle can be necessary at the beginning. Sometimes we have to work that day job and come home and work until we go to bed on our side hustle until it becomes a full time hustle. And it's just that's how it is sometimes in the beginning, but, but that can't become permanent. Um, or, and it, it often does become permanent. I have very much, you know, created a business that I was a slave to, that it would have been easier to go to a day job. Um, so whether our listeners are at that place in their business or even in a day job where they're like, I've cultivated this horrible relationship with work, how do I change this? Yes, yes, totally. So I think that the reason that this is the case is because we approach the priorities of of building a business, of you know, getting happy in a job, whatever it is, whatever we're doing for work, we approach it backwards, completely backwards. And what we usually do is we go, oh for instance, um I need to get a better productivity system. I need a better planner. I need a better calendar. I need to figure out how to overcome my procrastination. Um, I need to stop being a perfectionist. I just need to get on with it. And I need some tool or strategy to help me do it. But that is addressing the symptom and not the reason that all of this is happening. So um, what... I realized is that sort of the the way that I was working with clients that was helping them all quit their jobs and, and believe in themselves and for these businesses was that we were starting with helping them learn to think like an entrepreneur instead of an employee. We were starting with helping them to make a decision that they were going to do this and cut off all other options, the plan B, the plan D, the plan Z, whatever that were keeping them spinning a what if, what if, what if. And then we were going straight into developing the mindset of a successful entrepreneur before we threw a bunch of band-aids on this issue by designing a package, a price, an offer, a niche, like a visibility strategy, a social channel, any of that stuff. It's coming from this place of either masculinity or like hustle or any of the stuff that we're talking about, it's not aligned to their, um, who they are, then it's not going to serve them. It's not going to serve their people. It's going to be something they have to go back and fix later. So instead, starting with making a decision and then step two, mindset, that informs everything else. One of my favorite things to say is that when the mindset is strong, the strategy is simple. And so if we can do that, if we can approach it that way rather than the other way around, which is what we all try to do first, <laughs> we can flip the script, then we are truly setting ourselves up for ease, flow, and clarity, which we've got to have to run a business that we love. I love that. I love I love your approach to that because I think, I mean, I think that's the key for sustainability and longevity. Um, and I, and I think that's what I'm in it for is how can we carry our dreams for the long haul? If we just recreate these bad habits 
and become a slave to our businesses, our dreams will really never get as far as they want, as we want them to go. And so what are some practices we can put in place early on to carry that with in a sustainable way? Ma'am, I could talk to you all, all day long about this. Now, I know you wrote a book, The Income Replacement Method. Formula. formula. Yeah. formula. I was like, I wrote down where to go. Um, yeah. The income replacement formula. Can you talk about it and share with us? Yeah. So the subtitle is seven simple steps to doing what you love and making six figures from anywhere. Ooh. And when did you write that? What brought that, you know, to life? Yeah. Well, I think it was my second daughter being born that yeah. brought this book baby to life. <laughs> so I had been working with clients and had seen them over and over, right? Accomplishing these amazing things, putting their jobs and growing these businesses. And I thought, I want to write this book because even though every one of them is different and running different kinds of businesses, we're doing something the same, right? I'm helping them in some way with some method um, that is helping them get these replicable results over and over. So I'm going to write the book about it and make this accessible to more people. Because, you know, I know that for a long time, before I was ready to hire my first coach, I was checking out books from the library. I was checking out audio uh, books on CD. I was doing as much as I could on my own for free. And I, that helped me get as far as I could on my own. Right. (laughs) Um, and so then when I was ready to hire a mentor, then I saw the difference that that can make, but I had to go through a process of, of trying as much as I could and getting as far as I could on my own first. And so I wanted this book and the audio book to serve that population and to inspire women that because I share my story about losing Maven, I, I, my deeper why underneath all of this is to inspire women that, uh, no matter what you've been through, it's possible not only to survive, but to go on to thrive like I have and to do that. I believe if you have a dream of entrepreneurship, then entrepreneurship is the vehicle for you to thrive. And so that's, why I wrote the book. And that's, you know, comes back to the same why I do what I do. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know I personally have had some major mindset blocks that felt like huge hurdles in my own personal journey of achieving my goals. You know, it was helpful for me sitting my booty in that chair each month and processing through these roadblocks with my amazing counselor. Now hear me when I say, I know finding a counselor can be as tough as dating. That's where faithful counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Faithful Counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you're seeking a mental health professional who's a practicing Christian, Faithful Counseling may be a great option for you. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. 
There's a broad range of expertise in Faithful Counseling's Counselor Network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available. And guys, don't just take it from me. You can read tons of reviews over on their website. One faithful client writes, in the short amount of time I've been working with my counselor, Colleen, I've gained great clarity, and I'm excited to continue working through various personal matters. Guys, visit faithfulcounseling.com slash the Radiant Podcast Join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional today. We've got a special offer for the Radiant Podcast listeners, and you can get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash the Radiant Podcast. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash the Radiant Podcast. Guys, I'm so excited for you to start taking control of your mindset and overcoming those mindset hurdles today at faithfulcounseling.com slash The Radiant Podcast. What are some of the success stories that just light you up that, you know, make you remember? realize like, this is why I do what I do. Those women that for them, entrepreneurship is the vehicle that will allow them to thrive. And I know that's not everyone's dream, but that is the audience you are serving. And in me in a similar way, it lights me up to see women carry out their business dreams. And so what are some of your favorite stories? Oh my goodness. Well, one of the things that I really, really love is that I work with women at all ages and stages. So I have clients in their 20s and I have clients in their 60s starting a second chapter. And it's a real honor for me to help them, especially because a lot of times they're going through some kind of a big transition, yeah. uh, a divorce or a layoff or you know something where this has become time for them to take the next step. And one of my clients became, I'm, I'm a horse lover. I have Arabian horses. And so that's something that I share in common with, uh, with some of my clients, all of us probably across the border, some kind of animal lover, but, <laughs> but some of them have horses. And one client that comes to mind right now, um, her name is Donine and Donine became, became a world champion rodeo winner at age 51 after dreaming about it her entire life and working toward this goal her entire life with some pretty crazy, intense setbacks, losses in her family, losses um, it, you know, of her health and, and, and some really, really, really dramatic things happening to her. She persisted. And at age 51, she won the world champion rodeo title. And I'm like, this woman is got some serious grit, right? And I have been able to help her um, grow her business as a mental performance coach, right? Oh, Teaching that. strategies that she uses and to a, like, a, like high schoolers who are rodeoers and older women who, you know, are rodeoers and men and this whole thing. And then in the process, she's also written this incredibly beautiful memoir about her journey 
taking this and making it actionable for other people who want to go, as she says, run down their own bold goal. And I feel like the people that I get to work with all have these beautiful visions, right? They all have these stories to share. And it's just like such a privilege, Donnie, just one example of being able to help these women share their message with more people as a result of growing the business, right? Because I believe that if we all follow our own, if we all get aligned to our own passions and get do what it takes to get out of our own way, overcome the self-doubt to grow these businesses, then the world is served, right? So Johnny wants to help people with mental performance. A lot of her clients are rodeoers. Well, I don't serve that community, but I can help her, right? These kids that want to become great athletes and what that does for their self-esteem, you know, and these amateurs who are adults who want to have this, have this, um, achievement. Uh, it's, it's really, really beautiful and something that I'm just so proud of. That is so cool. And it's, it's a really unique story. It's very, you know, that's not just a blanket kind of testimonial that everyone can relate to. It shows you that, man, you can really help people with very specific dreams come to life. And that is cool because we each have like a unique dream and a unique gift we carry into the world. And so I I love that. Um, I love that you are able to take kind of your wisdom and uh, work with someone in a way that's laser focused to bring their dream to life, no matter how specific that dream is. That's really cool. And I love that y'all got to, you know, bond over your shared love of horses. I was reading that about you. And I, I thought that was really neat. I'm super allergic to horses. So um, can't touch them without the Zizol. I think with the Zizol, I could touch them. But um, I love that. Man. Okay. So one thing I know that you work with your clients on is Myers-Briggs. So can you kind of give us the lowdown of how you help people to build businesses catered to their personality types? Everyone who's listened has probably, you know, if they had a nickel for how many times I referenced the Enneagram, they would be rich listeners. So uh, let's talk about the Myers-Briggs today and your love for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I think that the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are really, really fun together, right? Yes. Like it's, oh, just, yeah. it's so fun to see the two interact. And it's something that I geek out with a lot of my friends and colleagues on. So I'm totally. glad that <laughs> I can add you to the list of people to talk about this with. So specifically before Enneagram had really like come back onto the scene. And I was, um, when I was working as a professor and then as a career counselor, uh, working with students, I got certified in this. And I think my type it, as the INFJ, uh, is a pretty much blanket fascinated with personality assessments, maybe like your type, but we just love them. Like we love them. Oh and yeah. So I always think that every INFJ probably knows they're an INFJ because we're just naturally drawn to things like the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. So I have worked with this tool for a long, long, long time. And I, I think that it can be really helpful not to prescribe how someone should do things because I, believe there is not ever a cookie cutter approach to building a business, but, um, it can, it can really inform someone and help them maybe not feel as crazy for doing the things that they do or wanting the things that they want, especially if they've been told what they want or their preferences are bad or wrong or whatever. Um, but it can also just be really useful to understanding, 
what's probably going to give them energy in their business, in what way they want to work, um, and uh, what things they also need to look out for in order to keep in mind that focus, the end goal of having it be simple and having them have clarity and letting it feel easy, right? So I think one of the things that's a great example, you and I were chatting before this about the ways that we help people and you are an ENFP and your offer dream to done, which I'm obsessed with the name of, by the (laughs) way, um, is in a group setting. And, um, I work with a lot of ENFPs and to the letter, every single one of them that I know who does coaching or service-based work is working in groups, (sighs) working in groups because you're the life of the party. Everyone wants to be around you. You're super magnetic. And you want to have fun with a bunch of people. Oh my gosh, I love it. Right? So on the other hand, me being the INFJ, which is the rarest type, like less than 1%, I only work at this point one-on-one. Which makes so much sense. Right? I I love people. I love a party where I know everyone. But (laughs) I also really like doing the deep work, coming alongside someone, working with them one-on-one and helping them with that outcome. So it's just like our, our business models are both completely aligned to who we are and they're completely different. And that, did it take you a while to figure that out? Like for me, I did some one-on-one stuff for a long time, but even, even this year, I eliminated one-on-one calls even from the program because I realized Mm -hmm. less people show up to the group calls if they have all of these options for one-on-one calls. So I'm going to make the group where the party's at because I want people to ping off of each other's energy as much as mine. And uh, that that brings me so much joy and so much life. I'll offer intensives through it if people want to book an additional thing. But I know in my program, they can get what they need if they show up to that stuff. And that's where I shine as their coach the best. But I love that you built something that is truly aligned with who you are and how you show up best. So did it take you a while to figure that out? Yeah, I mean, I've run groups and have loved them. But in the uh, spirit of just simple, 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 simple right now, I just had my third daughter, um, very recently, she's upstairs napping. She's six weeks old. And, um, and I just decided that what I want my life to look like for the next year is simple, simple, simple is one offer. And that's not to say that I won't offer groups again in the future. And that's not to say that I won't, I don't have some things in place to foster community among my one-on-one clients. Cause I think that's really important, but I know that I want to have one offer for the next year. And just like you with Dream to Done, the way to work with me is (laughs) one-on-one for six months, you know, in this container. Love it. Um, And I think having this baby, um, like my almost three-year-old brought the book out of me. I think um, having Winnie is her name, um, taught me. Oh, gave me the clarity of like, this is how I want to work. And, and also going, gosh, you know, launching it doesn't feel really good to me right now. So it did take me a while. I mean, I've tried all the things right over the past four years, <laughs> but, um, in the spirit of, yeah, simplicity, clarity, and just like, what would be the most fun way for me to help the most people and have the biggest impact? 
that came out. I love that. What are some ways based on different Myers-Briggs types you see, just like in an, an overview, you know, E versus I, N versus S, T versus F, J versus P, what are some differences you see in how people run their businesses? Or thrive so we best. talked about one big one, right? We talked about one big one, um, the uh, extrovert versus introvert, right. where you get your energy, right? I think that's that's one of the easiest ones to really identify and look at. Um, so the outer two letters, the E versus I or the J versus P, um, they have to do with your um, where you get your energy, right, is, is the first one. So your relationship to people. Uh, directly. And then the last two letters, J versus P, that has to do with your relationship with time. And so if you are a P, you are going to hate having things strictly scheduled. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a J, you are going to hate not having things strictly scheduled. So some of my friends who are P's, they might run Uh, show up a few minutes late to something here or there to a scheduled call, or they might be running behind because they got really caught up in the moment doing something. (laughs) Um, They might not, you know, they might send out their newsletter when they feel inspired to and not on any kind of a regular (laughs) basis. They might um, really want some free space in their day, especially if they're also an E to like, just go hang out with some of their friends if something spontaneous pops up. But a J is going to likely feel very anxious about all of the things I just mentioned (laughs) happening. So on time or within a minute to a scheduled call or whatever, kind of gets a little freaked out when something changes at the last minute, unless they've really worked on that and learning to manage that and be more go with the flow. They want stuff to happen more like clockwork. And you can see the difference in the way people put out content and the way they engage online and the way they show up to provide their services, whatever those are, um, and how organized they are typically just based on their relationship with time. And neither one is wrong. I mean, you can be as successful as you want with either way, but you try to run your business the opposite way. uh, You're going to, you're going to feel like a crazy person and you're probably going to hate it. And then the two letters in the middle have to do, that's what they call the heart of type. So where the letters on the outside are more, uh, again, your relationship to people, your relationship with time, the two letters in the middle have to do with the core of who you are. And so it's important to really know um, if you're working with people, it's very likely that you will work with people who share at least one letter with you of the two, two middle ones. So I'm an NF. That means I'm an intuitive feeler. So are you. And I have never, to my knowledge, had a client who is an ST. That would be the opposite of the NF. Really? Yes. Yes. And I have a really good friend who's like a very enlightened ST. STs tend to be people um, who are very, very practical, very down to earth. They might say something that hurts your feelings because they're just really blunt and they don't care. Like it's just, that's the way it is. 
Um, but I have a friend who's like, Oh, I know I can come across as really rude. She's an ST and she doesn't really care, but she, um, she is aware. <laughs> right? And so we have these conversations and I'm like, man, she is so blunt. If I didn't know this stuff about her, I would be real offended. Yeah. You know, like she's a good friend. I like being around her a lot, but that difference of being like highly sensitive often goes along with being an NF, like maybe being a people pleaser, just being really so attuned to the needs of others that sometimes you're more worried about others than you are yourself because you feel everything that they feel and you pick up on it versus an ST is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm just doing my thing. I don't know. A lot of times they prefer data to talking about feelings and I'm going to talk about feelings all day long. Yeah. Right. So, so if you're working like you and I do, um, with people in a close way over a long period of time, I think it's really important to include in your messaging, the stuff that's going to help people eliminate (laughs) or self-select you as someone to follow. Totally. Like I don't want to pretend in any way that I am an ST and that I'm not this highly sensitive, dreaming, you know, intuitive feeling person, because that's who my community is. And that's why we love each other and have so much fun together. And that's one of my distinctives. But there's going to be space for somebody who is what is the total opposite of me an ESTP to go out and be successful with that population, because those people aren't going to like me, you know, so this is such a great way to help you be more of yourself and also communicate more of yourself to, um, to attract the right people. And that's, I think that's a, my biggest tip for the two middle letters. Oh, I love that, man. I could talk to you about this all (laughs) day long. It is so fascinating. I love it, love it, love it, man. Guys, you guys are going to have to go follow along with Christine to just learn more, man. So I have loved talking with you today. I, like I said at the beginning, I think our messages and our hearts and our passions are so aligned, um, which makes so much sense as an Enneagram 7, I always get along with threes. And I know you mentioned that ENFPs and INFJs are like buddies. Um, yeah. But, but what was the phrase you used? Well, like soulmates. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, we just, I think we complement each other really well. Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends is an INFJ and we just so, and we've worked together too, which is so hard and it is a seamless experience. Like we get each other so well. I mean, we've snapped at each other like once in 10 years (laughs) because, (laughs) and then we were both like, I'm sorry, I would never want to hurt you, (laughs) you know? And so, which I, I don't have a problem with conflict. And so it's unusual for me to not have an argument with someone in 10 years. <laughs> so we just so yeah. seamlessly work together. Um, but man, I could talk to you all day long. What would, what would be, you know, before we go, what would be your advice to someone building a life with passion? Because that's really your expertise and the gift you bring to the world is helping people to build a life with passion. And what would be, you know, just something you want to leave us with? Yeah. So Dan Miller, who wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love, which is one of the like seminal books in this space, says that 85% of the work of finding work you love is internal. And just like strategy versus mindset, I think that a lot of the time we have that backwards where we spend 85% of our time looking around at what other people are doing 
trying to follow the next guru or what the, what the big time business owner entrepreneur says is the right platform or the next right thing to jump on, or this is what made them successful, but you are not them. And so I think the biggest and most important thing you can do, even if you love those people is invest whatever time and resources you can in getting to know your personality, passions, and preferences first. And then out of that will naturally come a business and a life with passion. Because a lot of times, Adrienne Dorison said this once and I've never forgotten it. I don't know where she got it from, but I'll give her credit. We're in our own jar and we can't read the label. Like, right. We don't know what we don't know. And so we stay stuck and we have these big dreams for a life that we love and a business that provides that for us. And yet we don't act on them because we feel overwhelmed by all of the advice. We doubt whether we have what it takes to implement. We are feeling, you know, stuck. And the biggest thing that you can do is figure out the tools that you need to help yourself get unstuck, to move forward, to show up, to build one day at a time, do whatever it takes to figure that stuff out. You know, take the personality assessments, read the books, hire the person, right? Whatever it is so that you can move forward because you have those dreams for a reason. And if you have them, that means I believe they were given to you so that you can achieve them. So it's time to start believing that you have a choice in this matter and take some action toward it. Oh, that you can preach on that. That is so good. (laughs) Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can everyone find you? Because I have just loved this conversation and I think our listeners will too. Thank you, Kelsey. I have too. Like you said, I could talk to you all day. So (laughs) I would love to continue the conversation with anybody who has listened by um, connecting over on Instagram at LifeWPassion on Facebook, or um, you can grab a free chapter of the book that's going to tell you the seven steps, help you figure out where you are uh, and what to do next on in that process at lifewithpassion.com slash free chapter. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait for the Radiant Tribe to just get to connect with you more. And I can't wait for us to continue the conversation. So thank you, Christine. You were amazing. Thank you, Kelsey. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.